0: Hello and welcome to Characters of the KCBA for our Kane County Bar Association on the Bar Podcast. I'm Chrissy White interviewing people as part of my series where we're talking about characters from legal dramas, books, TV, movies, even some real life attorneys in there and how they've inspired our career. Today, I was so fortunate to sit down with Andrew Whitfield, the president of the KCBA this year, and he and I discussed how um, the characters that he knows and loves have shaped his approach to his practice as an assistant attorney general for the state of Illinois. I'm so excited to share this interview with you, and I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined with Andrew Whitfield our Kane County Bar Association President and Assistant Attorney General for the state of Illinois. Thanks so much for being here Andrew.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to doing this.
0: Yeah um, well it's a fun conversation and meant to be lighthearted, easy breezy and we're just really talking about our profession and um, as members of the Kane County Bar Association I think there's a lot we can share so um, that being said, I'm really excited to talk with you about a couple attorney characters um, that you have chosen as, as memorable and noteworthy. And that would be um, Neil Mink from The Sopranos and Vincent Bugliosi. Is that correct?
1: Correct, yes.
0: And and he was the prosecutor of Charles Manson, right?
1: Correct. And the Sharon Tate murders, uh, yeah. that was all connected with... Uh, Charles Manson and the family in, in mm-hmm. the book Helter Skelter.
0: Yeah, and so um his book so it's pretty true to life, the the book that he wrote about everything?
1: Oh yeah, it's very it's very detailed in the preparation that he undertook with a case that was salt mammoth that had lots of commentary, you know, across the nation. That was one of the biggest cases in the nation at the time and that was in the late sixties where you had commentary even from President Nixon at the time, and mm-hmm. there's a whole, you know, section of that book that talks about the, you know, the um, how it was in the press and you know politicized and just the you know hurdles when you have a case of that magnitude, yeah, and just the amount of evidence and co-conspirators that he was having to put on trial also flipped some of these witnesses. You had a lot of uncooperative uh, people. So it's just a very good, it's an excellent book. Uh, I know a lot of people have read this book, even Mm -hmm. non-attorneys have talked about this with me. And, you know, it's a very inspirational book for trial attorneys and especially prosecutors.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, before we dive right into it, I am curious, you know, how has your week been going with work and things? You know, we are winding down towards the end of the year at December mark. But, you know, working for the Illinois Attorney General's Office, I know it's probably likely that you're always busy.
1: Correct. I'm always um, on the road. When I first started with the Attorney General's Office, you know, you're kind of getting your feet wet. And, you know, in the unit I'm in, it's statewide grand jury bureau. So I work with Um, A lot of different Illinois State Police drug units, alphabet agencies from various federal agencies, and so forth. And I used to just be here in King County. Now my cases go from either as east of Cook all the way out to west of Whiteside County. Oh, wow. So I can be on the road a lot, and I was reflecting upon this with some coworkers the other day, where when I first started off, I only had maybe like a dozen cases and some investigations where you're working on things now i'm over 40 cases and i don't even know where i'm at with investigations but it's like a mad dash to try to get things charged prior to the new year with our last grand jury session pre-safety act where Mm -hmm. a lot of procedural uh Things, new procedural aspects of criminal law go into effect come January 1st. So we're kind of trying to get as much done prior to the new law going into effect. So right. it's not and, a mess. <laughs> yeah, that
0: makes sense because you you kind of want to use what you know and what you're f- familiar with as your procedural guidelines. And then moving forward, you know, hopefully you can get this grand jury that you're talking about finished by the end of the year. So. Yeah,
1: that that's the biggest issue because, I mean, I haven't had the time because you're always in court, you're always on the road to even you know, read half of what's in the new bill and essentially get acclimated to all of that. So with all the running around, you know, trying to run, you know, read almost a thousand pages between the original safety act and the subsequent trailer bill, it's just been you know, rather nuts. My phone's been ringing off the hook. You know, with like new cases. Oh and my
0: gosh, I wouldn't be able to, to handle it. You, so. I, I would not be able to handle it because you know you're talking about reading and then your phone being off the hook. That to me is a mess. You know, a recipe for disaster because that it just it's so hard to probably find the time to really do that. They call it like deep work—the thinking, yes. and the, the the processing of the information that you have. And so I have to ask, you know, in the spirit of of this kind of fun fun loving podcast of of us uh, of mine I guess I kind of came up with this podcast theme um, if we were doing a movie montage of you in the last couple weeks you know what would we see you do like what would be the major scenes I mean you're reading the, the stuff you're going traveling all over the place like what is it that that would be the compelling segments of what you're doing right now
1: well, I, my uh, old boss, uh, John Kesdy, who retired, and I'm going to put a plug in here for his band, The Effigies. Where mm. Him and I are, you know, like this, you know, with music um, into a lot of the punk rock and heavy metal. So one of our favorite bands is Motorhead.
0: Ooh, and so we would have that as the theme yes, song the going Yes, the theme through. song is
1: We Are the Road Crew. And since I'm yeah. in statewide grand jury, we had jokingly designated <laughs> that. You know, as our song, basically, you know, on the road, driving back and forth to various places in the morning, going to court, you know, you know, running around like a madman, you know, mostly in the car back and forth, you know, jumping out of the car, you know, getting going into court, you know, heading yeah. back to the office or going to a... You know, say a proffer to go meet with a witness or a flipper. You know what have you oh things gosh. of that nature. <laughs> so, so it's
0: not going to be like a life is a highway or every day no. is a winding road. It's <laughs> going to be more of like a Motorhead. You're you're in it. you yeah, it's going to be grinding.
1: It's going to be a very driving, hard fist. Yeah. I highly recommend. I got a li- What was it called out. again? It's a We Are the Road Crew. It's on the Ace of Spades uh, Motorhead album, which is also another uh, significant album. You know, in my mind, in my you know juxtaposed with my. You know legal career okay certain awards that i've received the state's attorney's office had a uh, um, it's the ace of spades award in the king oh, county State's perfectly attorney's named. office so i always thought that was funny so i decorated that mm-hmm. award with the ace of spades motorhead album cover and you know the single ace of spades and such like that so motorhead has always been you know in the back of my mind, as far as, like, theme songs, as it relates to the job and particularly, you know, that album.
0: I so. love it. So <laughs> so would your uh, colleagues consider you the ace over there at the AG's office?
1: Jokingly, we, we, we laugh about it, especially, you know, back in the state's attorney's office because I still talk with everybody. They
0: really there. would call you that or something like yeah, that? Yeah, jokingly. I mean, it's in term no of idea.
1: endearment, but it's also, like, you know, we joke around about it,
0: so... Yeah. I like it. I think you deserve it. You've been doing a lot, and you are you are a leader. You know, you're our president of the KCBA, and um, I know you've got a lot going on with that too. So, I mean, you would be really busy in this montage I'm envisioning. I can see you're just going all around, but you're you make time for the things that are important to you, which I really admire, and and I'm always trying to do more of I, as a younger attorney. You know, balancing family and everything else. Um, you know, what's it, what's it been like taking on this additional responsibility this year?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of balance. It takes its toll on you when you have kids and everything else mm-hmm. because, you know, when, when, once I get home, you can try to shut yourself off from that work. you know, your normal job. And then with the Bar Association, responding to emails, you know, coming up with plans, uh, you know, itinerary as far as um, what type of social events, uh, mm-hmm. budget issues, you know, income, retention of membership, you know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing right now. It's trying to draw in more new attorneys to the Bar Association. Yeah. How do we solve that? Because, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily staying here in Illinois. A lot of younger yeah. attorneys I've noticed are, you know, going either to other states, greener pastures. I mean that's that's a problem, but it's a problem across you know, the board, I think, in America, as far as all the bar associations are kind of facing this problem because younger attorneys don't see the value yeah. in a bar association. But obviously, it's it's a good support network in mm-hmm. learning how to actually do the job because sometimes law school doesn't necessarily teach you and you learn from others.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely say that while you do learn some of the foundational things in law school, what you learn um, in the years after, it's like exponential. And and it takes what you know and it it forces you to... um, really get out there and practice. And it's it's tough at times. But um, speaking of the new members, I, I am uh, one of the co-chairs of the new members committee. And so, yeah, how do we retain new members um, for the KCBA? Like, do we need a TikTok? Do we need, what are we supposed to do, right? <laughs> well,
1: doing things like this and, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, certain social events that are, I guess, would be more of a draw for younger attorneys. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, we're still trying to figure that out. For instance, uh, I know as lawyers, we're very competitive in February. We're going to be having a, a chili contest, which is something in the works oh, and involving right before Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to get something like that you know, up and running, and hopefully that will also... You know, draw more people and the younger attorneys to come out, you know, for more social events yeah. um, like that. And then also getting, and I know you, you've talked with uh, some of our newer judges and Judge Valdez. And, you know, for newer attorneys, I think they want to meet personally the judges and, and see like they're normal people. You know? Yeah. And I think if we put that out there as well, you know, that might, you know, draw more people, you know, to it. You know to the bar association. Um, i
0: I absolutely think that it having us meet one another and meet the judges um, is is really valuable time spent. You know, it's not just socializing or quote-unquote networking for networking's sake. It is um, developing a rapport with people that you're going to see either as your adversary in court or as the judge making the decisions. um, And and to be comfortable speaking in front of them, to know how they operate, to know the things that maybe... You know, rub them the wrong way sure. and to know the things that they re- require in their courtroom and the things that they expect from the attorneys and you know you do want to see them as human, but you also want to see them as accessible and 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 someone that you can uh, hopefully convince to cite in your favor right
1: yes, and i mean we're we're in a i guess in an interesting timeline right now in the sense that a lot of things are starting to move towards zoom. And one of the, I guess, um, how should I say this? I guess the unintended consequences of using uh, Zoom a lot is that you kind of lose that networking experience, Mm -hmm. you know, actually getting to meet people and what they're like. And that's where the Bar Association you know, comes in, and you know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how AOIC from the Supreme Court kind of, you know, continues on. With there's a Supreme Court Rule 45 where there's going to be more utilization, I think, of Zoom, but again. Mm-hmm going back to unintended consequences for newer attorneys, learning how to litigate, actually being in the courtroom and being comfortable in the courtroom and being comfortable with the participants that are involved is, you know, something that I think the Bar Association can help out with.
0: Absolutely. I I think so, too. You know, you don't want to be just a face on a Zoom screen. You don't want to have, you know, the fear because you don't, know people or you don't recognize people, Um, and you also want to have your personality and your style shine through when you are advocating for people. Just like, you know, when we're talking about someone like Neil Mink, for example, um, some of what we do is performative. And and a lot of what we do is not, obviously, because it is the law and uh, analyzing things. but there's a certain flavor of every person that you meet in the Kane County Bar Association and then outside of that. So, you know, when it comes to like The Sopranos, for example, such a good show, um, such an incredible cast of of characters and actors. Um, What can you tell us about, you know, this show, what it meant to you when you were watching it and what Neil Mink as as a character uh, was for you and what you got out of it
1: well for the show overall it was relatable in the sense cause i'm originally from staten island which is just basically oh, yeah. an extension <laughs> of new jersey so seeing the characters and you know the accents and just you know it was relatable from that standpoint not the criminality aspect but the family aspect of, mm-hmm. Like I said, the accents, the locations, and all that stuff. So, it was the humor and just you know, in some relation, relatable to my uh, you know my family and my my aunts and uncles and everybody you know back east. So
0: you're from a big mob family, then, yeah. is that right?
1: <laughs> Sometimes they yeah. like to pretend to be, but jokingly no. I say that it's just like the 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 New York, New Jersey tough guy, yeah. You know, attitude. It's just like an aura, you know, as far as. You know, when you're out there visiting people, it's just kind of funny. You're like, wow, this is really New Jersey and, you know, or this is really New York, you know, especially when you hear your your family and you just go out there to visit and just hear the way people talk. Oh, so yeah. that, that was part of the reason I, I really liked that show. But as far as Neil Mink's concerned, there is an inspirational quote that I always you know fall back upon. Um, It's in the last episode, and for those who are also big Sopranos fan, it's when he's at the Bada Bing Club with Tony. Bada Bing. Yes. I like that name. (laughs) And, you know, he's realized he's probably about to be indicted. There's a flipper, so that's where I kind of relate to this, that there's somebody Uh. testifying against him in the grand jury. And Neil Mink says basically, well, look, it's not like we didn't know this day was going to come. Look, trials are there to be won. So I have to juxtapose that quote versus, you know, what the duty is of a prosecutor is to seek justice. It's not necessarily to win, but having said that, I keep that in the back of my mind. When you, you know this person's guilty or you have all the evidence there, but, you know, not every case is perfect. Not Ugh. every trial is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to go and just be willing to try cases, you know, and, yeah. and get in the courtroom, get in the ring. And so even when you're being kind of all Eeyore about, you know, mm-hmm. your own cases, we all go through this and, you know, have, you know, anxiety once it's, you know, set for trial or going to trial. I just have that in the back of my mind. And for instance, this past May, um, I had a trial. I thought I was going to go down in flames yeah. in Cook County, and it was oh, quite no. funny. But I ended up, we ended up getting a guilty verdict. We were very happy. So, you know, I was talking to my cousin who always puts this in my mind. He's like, well, remember what Neil makes says? look. Trials are there to be won. So yeah. I always tell that to people. I think that's always been his, the big takeaway, you know, from at least that character on that show. And it's just kind of funny how that's, you know, on the last, you know, episode of the whole series. So that's like, you know, for me as a lawyer, as it relates to that character, that's the big takeaway That's something that will always live with me, that whole, you know, scene and discussion.
0: Oh, yeah. Gosh, I I can contrast that with um, Judge Valdez talking about Atticus Finch and how he loses with such dignity. You know, there's both sides of that, obviously. But, yeah, trials are there to be won. Like, if you're going to go to trial, you've got to put in all of the time and effort into it. And it's a lot of preparation, utilizing your team and everything, and and just – Hoping that that day, all that work pays off, that you're ready to call facts right as they are, you know, and mm-hmm. make your argument, not have to rely on your notes, not have to be taken by surprise. It's it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, and then, and, and you juxtapose that, you know, against uh, what uh, Vincent Bugliosi said as far as, a quote, You know, that I always remember, he's always a dedicated and hard worker, and one quote that comes to mind is, for a lawyer to do less than his utmost, I strongly feel is a betrayal to the client. So in this case, it would be the people of the state of Illinois, so that's why. Got to be kind of, you know, gung-ho, you know, use every bullet in your belt as far as a litigator or a prosecutor as far as what you have, you know, put forward your best case.
0: You do. And, um, you know, I know we want to keep these um, timely and, and not too long, but I do, you know, we're kind of coming up on 18 minutes here, and I certainly don't want our our precious time uh, sure. to be spent too much by our KCBA members. So if they have to, you know, wrap this up, they can go ahead and pause it and get back to it. But I do want to ask you a little bit more about Vincent Mugliosi and, and the Charles Manson trials, because, you know, when I think of an an attorney general assistant attorney general what the cases that you do i don't automatically think of the criminal side of things um but you know what would you say that that book helter skelter really um taught you when did you read it by the way
1: i read this it had to be during law school actually and my friend from high school had asked me he was living out in la um and he asked if I had read *Helter Skelter* before. I said no. I had been really meaning to do this, and I was working at um, Borders Books at the time, which was oh, closed yeah. over winter break. And my friend was one of the managers there, um, also. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, you should, you know, get that, you know, get that book, you know, read that. If you're going into prosecution, it's all about the Charles Manson case. So that's where I kind of picked it up. Then it was one of those books I had always seen because mm-hmm. it was like a bestseller. And they're like, oh, I should probably read that. I know it's about Charles Manson, but I, I never knew until, you know, law school time, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in law school that that was about, you know, the prosecutor's viewpoint
0: yeah. on that at the time. I, I,
1: I knew it was a true crime. I just didn't know it was written from the actual prosecutor, so.
0: Yeah, and so, um, Mugliosi, I mean, what what would you say about him that uh, you found the most admirable or the most, um, like his personality in general?
1: just as you know his tenacity and you know dedicate you know hard work you know to the profession again going back to that quote um just you know have dotting the i's and crossing his t's you know being very thorough um you know looking you know yards out you know and you know that's you know a double-edged sword you know as i have as a prosecutor is just not living in the moment and you know looking you know way far out i mean so you know I try to live more in the moment, but you know, reading you know that book and you know putting a trial together and thinking what could go possibly wrong, you know, how am I going to get this piece of evidence down, you know, in, in a trial, you know, I think that's where I kind of learned some of this from was reading about just how what a massive undertaking a trial like that would be, and I you know kind of applied that to a degree, you know, for all cases. Um, so that I think that's, you know, the hard work and dedication and just being able to have the foresight of, mm-hmm. you know, the preparation for a, a trial, a complex trial yeah.
0: like that. And, well, it, I can definitely sense that you have a passion for this and that, you know, you are protecting the people of the state of Illinois from someone who can cause a lot of damage and, and people who can organize and commit criminal acts at a bigger scale. Um, And so I've heard nothing but great things about the team over there. And, you know, I just really am grateful for you sharing your knowledge. And um, I think that it's very relatable in the sense that even though I practice family law, um, just trying to meet the standards of of professionalism and due diligence and, and doing our very best to represent the side that we're on and and i think that's the only way to uh, move forward and and to be an asset to the profession which you absolutely are so thank you so much for all of this
1: thank you very much
0: yeah so i'll leave you with one question one final thought (laughs) um i just want to get hollywood again Uh, if you could choose anyone to play you in the dramatic reenactment of your life who would it be
1: I thought about, I had two characters I initially I you know thought Aaron Paul and then I was like wait a minute mm. Edward Edward Norton would oh, probably be even better because of the people versus Larry Flint mm-hmm. another movie um about uh obviously Larry Flint who owned Hustler and uh Edward yeah. Norton who you know played his lawyer and uh Larry Flint was always one of those guys always getting into trouble and you know I, I can't remember the actual attorney's name off the top of my Head that Edward Norton played, but he got to go to the Supreme Court to argue for you know First Amendment issue um, that was ruled in Hustler's favor. It was it's a very interesting case about it, it was a Jerry Falwell the, the mm, you know, yeah. preacher, and mm-hmm. as far as this you know uh, this uh, ad that was put in the magazine, and uh, you know I always liked how. Um, you know, that was portrayed as far as it's, it's, it's people don't really think of it as a, a legal movie. You know, because they think yeah. Larry Flint, Hustler, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, that's a good portion of it. But half of it, you know, deals with, you know, getting to the Supreme Court and all the criminal charges and obscenity and things that he went through. And uh, Edward Norton did a great job. Yeah. Playing that role in that movie, so
0: well, he's got to prepare for the day that he gets to play you because you will be <laughs> at the Supreme Court before we know it. So, you know, that'll be—I could see it. I really could. I don't honestly. know if it would
1: be as spectacular, but it, you know, I certainly have my stories and cases mm-hmm. that are you know certainly quite interesting, and I think other people would find interesting as well.
0: So. I think they would too, and I think they need to come to our events so they can talk to you in person because it's just such a pleasure. No, so definitely. Thank you so thank much you. for yes, all your definitely. time. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I, I just I could talk to you for a lot longer, but we'll Certainly, leave it at yeah. that. And As, I'll see you at the. I will say I'll see you at the uh, Christmas open house. Excellent. If we want to plug that, the KCBA yes. on the fourteenth, I it's believe,
1: December 14th. It's December fourteenth. It's it's free, so it's being Ooh. put on by the board. Uh, we're bringing in you know all sorts of goodies, and hopefully we will love to see everybody there that can make it from oh. four to seven December fourteenth.
0: Awesome! I will be there. Thank you so much. Well, thanks
1: for having me. You're
0: welcome.